G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. And John 1918 says they crucified him and with him two other men, one on either side and Jesus in between. So every gospel yeah. actually describes how Jesus was crucified with criminals. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. We're taking our time to learn about the forbidden chapter in the Bible. It's Isaiah 53. It was a chapter that caused a lot of contention amongst Jewish congregations throughout history because it seemingly described what happened to Jesus. So rabbis dropped it from the annual reading schedule. But no matter how hard you try, Isaiah 53 won't go away and neither will the evidence. We're studying this chapter verse by verse at the moment to get a detailed picture of what Mashiach was prophesied to do and comparing it with what Jesus actually did. Yeah, and it's pretty, I don't want to say damning evidence because the the word damning doesn't sound so great, does it? But the evidence is pretty overwhelming so far. As you said, we've looked at the last three verses of Isaiah 52 and we're making our way through Isaiah 53. We're up to verse 9. And that says, His grave was assigned with wicked men, yet he was with a rich man in his death because he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. Now, this is a pretty strange verse, actually, and I have to wonder if the prophet Isaiah, when he received this inspirationally from God, didn't kind of go, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's right, because <laughs> it doesn't could, make sense in some respects, does it? It really doesn't. How could he be um, assigned with the wicked, but also with rich men mm. at his at his death? It's kind of... Um, it's kind of a contradiction. Although, having said that, now we have um, the benefit of history and the unfolding of Jesus' life. We can we can see how that actually unfolded because he actually was crucified as if he was a criminal, though he was innocent, with other criminals. But his burial place was that of a rich man's burial That's right, place. Yeah. And that can be seen in Luke 23, 32. It says, Two others also who were criminals were being led away to be put to death with him. And then Mark fifteen twenty seven says, They crucified two robbers with him, one on his right and one on his left. Matthew twenty seven thirty eight says, At that time, two robbers were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. And John nineteen eighteen says, They crucified him and with him two other men, one on either side and Jesus in between. So every gospel yeah. actually describes how Jesus was crucified with criminals. That's right. So that's the first part of Isaiah 53 verse 9. But then where does the rich man come into it? And we see that in Mark 15, 42 to 46. When evening had already come, because it was the preparation day, that is the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea came, a prominent member of the council, who himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. And he gathered up courage and went in before Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate wondered if he was dead by this time, and summoning the centurion, he questioned him as to whether he was already dead. And ascertaining this from the centurion, he granted the body to Joseph. Joseph bought a linen cloth, took him down, wrapped him in the linen cloth, and laid him in a tomb which had been hewn out in the rock, and he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. 
And then also we see in Matthew 27, 59 to 60, Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out in the rock. And he rolled a large stone against the entrance of the tomb and went away. You see really, really, really clearly there that he was crucified and executed as if he were a criminal amongst other criminals. Mm. So he was with the wicked in his death and then buried in a rich man's tomb, honoured, honoured by this rich man, by Joseph That's of right. Arimathea. Yeah. Um, really, really important to to see these these two, what you would think is polar opposites yeah. in, a, in a prophecy, uh, being fulfilled absolutely perfectly. Um, in fact, the old covenant law, if someone was executed for a crime and then hung up on display as a deterrent to others, uh, they were not actually not allowed to be left out overnight, but they were to be brought down and buried on exactly the same day. And if that was the case, poor people and a criminal wouldn't have had time to build a, dig their own tomb yeah. in the rock. Um, so they were literally just wrapped and buried and put into the ground and always outside the city limits, okay? They were never cremated, always buried. And for those who could afford a family tomb, well, I mean, that takes years and years and years. You're talking about a long-term project there. So they spend a lot of money and they uh, they have the tomb cut, hewn out of the rock. And usually what happens is is that they have like a ledge inside, because I've been in a few of these, they have a ledge inside and then little niches on the other side and they would wrap the body, lay the body out on the ledge. About 12 months later, they come back and, of course, the body has completely decomposed. There's nothing left but um, bones. They don't normally like um, embalm. The Jews do not embalm. They might put ointments on them, but they don't embalm. They take then the bones and they put them in a box called the ossuary, and then that box gets put onto little niches with other family members. Do you know that you hear the phrase in Scripture says there, he died in his old age and then he was gathered to his fathers? Mm. What that means is is that his body would be put in a tomb and then eventually it would be put into the ossuary and gathered with his fathers. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's where that phrase yeah. that phrase comes that's from. It's really fascinating stuff, hey? Sure. Yeah. And then, of course, Joseph of Arimathea, uh, he already had a family tomb carved out, which means he was wealthy. And he'd basically given it away to Jesus so that he could be buried with dignity and honor uh, because Joseph was an honorable man. He didn't believe that Jesus was guilty. He was honoring Jesus by giving him a family tomb. So, I mean, it's probably good to know a little bit more about Joseph of Arimathea before we wrap up this program. Is there more that you can tell us about him? He was a fascinating man, actually. It says that he was a member of the council, so he was probably a member of the religious council, maybe one of the Pharisees. I don't think he was a Sadducee, but uh, probably a Pharisee. He was a secret follower of Jesus, actually, very much like Nicodemus that we read in John 3. Both of these men were afraid of the religious leaders and didn't want to go public about their belief in him. Uh, that is why Nicodemus went to Jesus at night to ask him some questions yeah. about the kingdom. Uh, he went in secret. He didn't want to be caught out. I mean, the social stigma that would have been on them had they been put out of the religious community, mm. losing their leadership and, and possibly wealth. I mean, I don't know what was going on w with the details, but that would have been a big issue for them. They were frightened. The other thing is that they also knew, because of the, the company they kept and the circles they moved in, that these religious leaders were hell-bent on killing Jesus. So if, if they were going to do that to Jesus, what would they have done to his followers? Yeah, that's right. right. So they were yeah. uh, pretty scared. Um, so Joseph, you don't really hear much about 
uh, until Jesus was actually dead. Because the Mark 15 passage says that it took him some courage. He had to get his courage up to go to Pilate and ask for Jesus' body. But once he'd gone public, everybody would have known that his devotion Mm. was to Jesus, honoring him by giving him his family tomb. That was unheard of. And Luke 23 also says that Joseph was a good and a just man. From that, you can conclude that he didn't consent to Sanhedrin's decision to pursue crucifixion. In fact, if he was a good and a just man, it's very likely that some of these final decisions to the coercion of uh, Judas and, and the money being spent and the rest of it, he was probably not privy to that. He probably found out after the fact. And it was probably very likely that once Jesus had been crucified and he would have been absolutely livid about that, that that was where he got his courage to Mm. step out and say, no, this is really wrong and I'm going to align myself with this crucified man. That's right. So I guess he nailed his colours to the mast at that point. Yeah, very much so. He found his courage. He was a really good, righteous man. We're going to next time uh, continue moving through Isaiah 53 and we'll be looking at verse 10 when we come back and continue on Foundations. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.